feel that way? You feel like, you know what, that I'm, sometimes I lose hope in the system. You know, I lose hope in the church. I lose hope in, in the justice system. I just lose hope in government. I lose hope. Part of the problem is because we're focusing on material things or someone to bring hope. God is the only one that can bring hope to the hopeless. Amen? And the reason why we lose hope is because we're depending on a man or a woman to satisfy us, to bring us that hope. Sometimes you just got to call upon God to bring hope. Amen? And you got to let God do his job. Amen? What if I told you that God is looking for gold? God is looking for gold. This is the reason why you are going through so many trials. He's testing the church. He's testing you as an individual to see what you're made of. Amen? Marriages get tested. How many people can say amen that are married? Having children, they test. Children will test you. Can I get an amen? Who has a perfect child? You do? How old is your child? One. Okay, that's one years old. That's, that's not bad. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that that one-year-old will continue to be that when he's five, six, seven. She? When she's 14, 15. She's like, she's, hallelujah, that's me. My kids used to be good when they were one. But then they brought the test in, amen? Everything has a test to it to see what it's made of. God is testing us to see what we're made of. Relationships get tested. The crazy thing is God's love for us never changes. The distractions that the enemy puts in our lives kind of change the way we think toward him. Or act toward him. And the reason why, because when Adam and Eve were together in the garden, they loved each other. And let me tell you something. Everything was fine until they got tested. Amen? It was all fine and dandy until they got tested. And unfortunately, they failed the test and we're going to die for it. Thank you, Adam and Eve, right? Because they failed a test, we get to pay for it with our lives. But Jesus passed the test and gave us eternal life. But guess what? That eternal life is only found in Jesus Christ. And so we could call ourselves Christian, but unless Christ is in us, then I'm sorry, we're going to get tested. When God told the children of Israel, hey, I want you to put blood over your doorpost and death is coming. God, listen, when God says something, he means it. Amen? He's not like us. How many times do we say we're going to spank our children and never do? We should have spanked them a long time ago, right? My daughter's never got spanked. My boy's got beat. I mean, spanked. But my daughters never got spanked. They would always give me that look, like, and start crying and stuff. But Jacqueline got spanked. I think she was 16. So you're talking about 16 years of, you're in trouble now. If I'm going to spank you, I'm going to give you a real one. But sometimes God allows these spankings and testings and things to happen in our lives to see what type of character we really are. Are we going to rebel against God? Are we going to accept our punishment like men and women? Or are we going to turn around and blame like, like Adam? What did Adam, first thing he did? When he was tested, even after he failed, God goes, so what happened here, Adam? What's well, the woman? He didn't mind being with the woman the whole time, but all of a sudden, it's the woman's fault. And then so he goes, okay, so Eve, what do you think? It's Satan's fault. And Satan, you know, obviously says, you know, it just, it just keeps going. And the, the funny thing is, why don't we just take responsibility for our own test? 
He without sin cast the first stone. We are all sinners, amen? But are we all lovers of God? And so God is bringing the fire because he's searching for gold. Amen? Turn your Bibles to Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 25. See, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. As of the things that are made, that are the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Someone say, the things that cannot be shaken will remain. In other words, God shook the earth one time, he's going to shake it again. As much as we think that evil is getting away People are getting away with evil or things are happening and that God is not seeing. There's no justice. There's no what's really going on. You know, everybody wants to start something up and try to protest this and protest that. And listen, I think if we did more praying instead of protesting, we'd be in a better place. I'm going to protest this and I'm going to protest that. and I'm going to protest this. and I pro The Bible says if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, get on their knees and pray and turn from their wicked ways he said that he would heal from heaven and heal our land. If we want our land to be healed, then it takes prayer. It takes turning away. It takes seeking his face instead of seeking the world. See, we're looking for the world for our help. And unfortunately, they're not going to help us. Because we're the problem. In other words, we're the only ones not going along with the program. But the Bible says, listen, I'm going to shake it. I shook it once and I'm going to shake it again. And all those things that are going to remain, remain. Amen? How many of you have ever seen a little uh, plum tree or peach tree when you're growing up? I don't see that many no more. That's kind of weird, yeah? Or orange trees, anybody? She goes, yeah, we got a bunch of orange trees. You know, I used to go through the alley. That's where you find most of those trees and just start picking them. Yeah? Anybody? That's stealing. I was, I'm talking about B.C. But you try to shake the branch and watch them fall down, right? And that's, and that's what he's talking He's going to shake, and all the fruit that's going to remain will stand. But all the fruit that wasn't there, they went out from us because they would have, if they would have been with us, they would have stayed with us. If he, listen, if God shakes the church, we still should remain. Amen? That the things which cannot, listen, therefore, since we receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptable which reverence i'm gonna say with reverence and godly fear part of the problem nowadays it's unfortunate but there's no godly fear and there's no reverence for god why because guess what there has there hasn't been a flood in over 4000 years there hasn't been no fire and brimstone in x amount of years i mean the reason why there's no fear of god because god listen god is not doing what he used to do you remember when they tried to build a tower in Babel? They tried to build a tower to heaven. What happened to that tower? Didn't last long, right? You remember when, you know, in Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened in there? Right? 
But the crazy thing is what happened to Nineveh? The same type of judgment was sent towards Nineveh, but yet Nineveh, they were smart enough to pray and to repent and to sacrifice and to, 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 to uh, everybody fast. Let's pray because when we know about those, listen, Nineveh knew about those stories. They knew what happened in Egypt. When God said, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen, he did it. And because nothing like that's happening, the world thinks that, hey, God is not listening or God doesn't care or God's not going to do anything about it. He says, and they think he's joking. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen? In other words, he's given us time to fill our oil up. Some of us are filled up to right here. I mean, you, you, your Holy Ghost filled. Some of us are three-quarters full. Some of us are half full. Some of us just to the ankle. But let me tell you something. That's not going to get you in. If you're not full, you're not getting in. Well, I'm almost there. Well, you better fill it up. Amen. You know why? Because the Bible says this, for our God is a consuming fire. I want you to say that. Say, our God is a consuming fire. And our God is looking for gold. Our God is a consuming fire. You see, the crazy thing is at the time when uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were told, hey, the world says do this, and everybody must bow, or everybody must not pray, or everybody, listen, those guys said, listen, you can say whatever, but my God is a consuming fire. My God is the only God that I'm going to serve. You guys can bow down. You guys can go play the games. You guys can join that. You guys can say this. You guys can get along with the program. But guess what? I'm not going to do anything unless my God tells me to do it. And so they tell them this, and so they throw these three men into a fire. But there was a fourth man in there, and guess what? He looked like the Son of Man. And he was on fire because he protected them. Let me tell you something. When the fire comes... Those who are his children will not get burned. We can walk through fire without getting burned if we're filled. If we're lovers of God. If we understand what's taking place in this world and this nation and what's going on in our own backyards. Uh, if we can understand that, guess what? The days are starting to get more evil. Nowadays, they're calling evil good and good evil. But this is a test. This is a test to see if we're going to serve one lover or follow other lovers. Amen. Those who are married, I don't care how long you've been married for and how much you're in love, your marriage will always get tested with that. Do you have one lover? And there's always going to be tests. And there's always going to be trials. But when your eyes focus on Jesus and your eyes are focused on God, listen, you only got one lover. When you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will love your wife as you love yourself. You will love your children as you love yourself. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself. But guess what? First things first, you better be in love with God. Because if you're not in love with God, it's not hard to look over a balcony. Amen? Turn your Bibles to Zechariah. Chapter 13, he says, I will bring one-third through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. 
They will call my name and I will answer them. And I say to them, they, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Amen. In other words, he's going to put it through the fire. He's going to put it through the fire. He's going to put us through a fire. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy because he's testing our faith. He's testing to see if it's far more than gold. Because every single one of you, what if I told you this, that every single one of you have gold in you? You probably think I'm crazy. But it's the truth. Every single one of us. He says, a third of us, he says, he's going to test us. And guess the crazy thing is, instead of rebounding against God, we're going to say he's our God. And he's going to say, these are my children. And how do we know they're children? Because we have his stamp of approval on us. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You see, it's interesting to me when, when, I, when I was growing up, when they said, and not many days from now, he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost, or amen, and with fire. Oh, I was excited. I go, man, I can't wait to get touched by the Holy Ghost. Man, I've seen these mighty men of God being touched by the Holy Ghost. I can't wait to be on fire. No, that's not what he meant. He says, touch you with the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to, guess what? I'm going to try you with fire. I'm going to put you through some tests to see what you're made of. Now, let me tell you something. God won't tempt you, but he will test you. Amen? He says, I'm not going to tempt you. God doesn't tempt. But I'm going to test you. Just the way, the same way his son was tested in the wilderness, we get tested too. His son was tested and he was tempted, but yet his test at the end, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. In other words, he passed the test with the word through the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't easy. Forty days and 40 nights he was tested. Forty days and 40 nights he ate nothing. We fast for three days and we feel like we're going to die. Amen. Amen. So he goes, I don't, wouldn't know. I don't even fast. You should start fasting. Do you remember that one story, Justine? One time, Justine, she was, she was like real grumpy, right? And she goes, oh, my God, man, I'm hungry. I go, she goes, I'm, I go, are you fasting? She goes, yeah, I'm fasting. And she's all mad and everything. I go, how, long, how many days have you been fasting? She goes, four hours. Why? Because it does something to our flesh. Amen? When you're not fasting, when you're hungry, you, 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 anybody act different? Raise your hand if you act a little different when you're hungry. That commercial is so correct, right? Eat a Snickers because you're, you're someone else. I get grumpy. What about you? Have this ever happened to you where you're really hungry and, and, and you expect something when you get home and they just barely started cooking? <laughs> What's worse is because you're starving, number one, and somebody probably invited you to eat, number two, and you said no because, you know, I got some home cooking at home. Number three, the, the smell was starting to go, but it's still a long wait. So you're smelling it. You're hungry. You should have ate when you, before you got there. But you sit there and you say, I'm so in love that I can wait. <laughs> Amen? Something happens in your flesh. Something happens when, when God tests his church. Listen, we are living in the nicest times that ever. 
It may seem more evil now than ever, but guess what? As Christians, we should shine more bright now than ever. The darker the clouds get, the brighter the children should get. I said the darker the world gets, the brighter the Christians get. We don't join them. We don't bow down to them. We don't join their agenda. We don't follow their program. We don't, listen, even to the point of death. Because that's what we're looking for. The Bible says this, that we shall be witnesses. Amen? Amen? It doesn't mean evangelists, which I thought. It said we shall be witnesses. I'm going to go try preaching the gospel everywhere. No, it basically says you shall be martyrs. And every day you will learn how to be a martyr when you learn how to die to yourself and to your own passions and to your own desires and to what you want, your personal feelings. Don't let your personal feelings get in the way. Don't we do that? How many times, we, you know, things are going good, but I feel this. Amen? Anybody in this section over here? Everything was going good, but I just feel I can't trust that person. And, and we're so philly. You know, I, I don't feel, I think this person's doing something crazy. You know, I'm keeping my eye on that person. And we're keeping our eye on this person. And we're thinking about that person. And we're thinking all these crazy thoughts. And we have all these weird feelings. But what's that have to do with God? It's called a distraction. A distraction from the prize. I'll say it again, a distraction from the prize. This is the reason why I wanted to play that video in the first place. If I can't play it, whatever. But what I'm talking about is athletes. An athlete can get distracted and lose just by a tenth of a second. That's how quick it can be distracted. Or something can happen. They, they, just, they weren't on their game. They, they, they beat everybody every single time, but this time they just weren't on their game and they lost. Listen, as Christians, we need to be on our game every time. We can't afford to lose by that much. We can't afford to miss heaven by that much. We need to be on our game. God is looking for gold. He's searching for gold, and he's trying us, and he's putting this to us, and he's refining us. Someone say he's refining us. And the reason why God's refining us is because we got some stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. That's why he puts us through the refiner's fire, and he, he listen, all that junk... I know you say your heart is good, right? But I have good intentions. Your good intentions got you in some bad trouble. The Bible says this, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Sometimes, guess what? I feel like sometimes I have these weird thoughts. I'm like, I'm supposed to be a pastor. Why do I think so weird? Did that ever happen to you? No? You guys are all saints and born again and Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and walking on water. Am I the only one that's weird? Why do I have these negative thoughts? And why do I have these anger thoughts? And why do I feel like I'm just, uh, why, why, why? Because the enemy is trying to distract me from the prize. This is why we need to fix our eyes upon Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, we got to run this race. We cannot be distracted. We don't know. Hey, listen, stay in your lane. Don't be disqualified. Amen? This is what, exactly what Jesus told Peter. When Peter goes, what about this guy? He says, listen, Peter, don't worry about him. You stay in your lane, lest you be disqualified. You don't worry about him. You worry about yourself, Peter, and you run the race. Paul, you run the race. And what God is this, he's saying you individually have to run the race. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about this person. Love your neighbor. Hello. But don't worry about them, what, how they're running. You need to run. 
And that's what I loved about my mom. You know, my mom, she was a prayer warrior. She loved God. And she, you know what, thank God she didn't worry 24-7 about my dad. Or 24-7 about my, her children. She, listen, her children, she said her children belong to God. She called those things that are not as if they were. Her husband belongs to God. She says, listen, I have a race to run. I have to stay in my lane lest I be disqualified. And you know what, what attracted her? Jesus. She was a lover of Jesus. And you know what? She wasn't willing to sell out for nothing because she loved Jesus that much. And you know what? We look at the Olympics today. I mean, it, they're pretty amazing. How many people have been watching them? This is, right? At least you guys are watching some type of sports. Because every time I mention football, you're like, what's football? Or basketball. Huh? Lakers, who are they? I, 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 I'm like, oh, my goodness. You, you guys watch sports, right? Baseball? Please don't say um, badminton. That's, I mean, that's okay. Tennis? Hockey? Bowling? Who said bowling? Buy that man a hot dog. Listen, these athletes train hard. Right? Everybody wants the gold medal, but nobody wants to train hard to get it. I'm going to say that again. Everybody wants that gold medal, but nobody wants to train that many hours to get it. Everybody wants that prize, but nobody wants to work for it. Nobody, listen, they want to call it in. How do I win? How do I win the lottery? How do I win this? I don't want to work for it. How, who can give it to me? And that's the attitude that people have. But let me tell you something, if, I, if they gave me a gold medal, just for a gold medal, it wouldn't mean anything unless I earned it. That's why David says, I don't want to give God anything unless it costs me personally. This is why David says, I'm willing to fight the giant. I don't care if he kills me, but I'm going to do it for the Lord. I don't care. Listen, I'll fight him. Because if God be for me, who could be against me? And he was not distracted because if he would have been distracted, Goliath would have got him. He had one thing. Listen, I'm going to hit him right in his head. And I'm going to kill him. And not only am I just going to kill him, I'm going to chop his head off lest he try to distract me later on and get up. See, a lot of times what we do is we, we get our distraction, we hit him in the head, but we don't finish him off. Amen? We look at him. Yes. And we turn our back on him. But sometimes we need to not only hit him, but we need to finish him off. We need, we need to finish our race. We need to finish our course. We need to keep the faith. We need to keep serving the Lord. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. We can't get distracted. We can't afford to get distracted. Because God is looking for gold, church. And the gold medal that every single person has is in your heart. It's there. I did a, I did a, a, a little uh, research that there's gold in you. And I wanted to show you the video to prove it, but, you know... There's gold in Isaac. <laughs> and it's an amazing video, and it shows this, and it says, you, do you realize that you have gold in you? Listen, it says, you have all these elements in you, and it says this, they're through your bones. There's some in your blood. But most of the gold, they said that's found, it's in your heart. And then it says, are you willing to dig for it? Are you willing to, God, refine your heart to get that gold, 
to get that precious stone, to get what lasts. Listen, every single thing that we do is going to be tested. Every good work that we do is going to be tested. Some of the work that we do is just with wood, and it's going to burn. Some of the stuff we do is going to be okay, but it's not going to quite. But only gold and only certain things are just going to last. And there's gold in you. And God says, listen, my children, my church, my beloved, we are going to be tested. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, I just, I just want to know, I want to let you know something. That you're precious. That you're worth something. That you're valuable. That there's something in you that God loves and adores. If you don't think so, he wouldn't have died for you. And what he's saying is, I don't want you to be distracted by silly things. This is why Jesus says, why do you worry about tomorrow? Today has enough of its own. Why do you worry what's going to happen, you know, five years from now when today I want to deal with you? And we always questioning God. What's going to happen and what's going to this and how's this going to work? And let me tell you, if God created the world and the animals and the earth and the people, and I'm pretty sure he can deal with just our issue. He's an amazing God. He's a consuming fire. He's an awesome God. He's a wonderful God. He's an awesome. He's, he's a wonderful counselor. He's the prince of peace. He's the great I am. He's a lover of your soul. He doesn't get distracted from you. So why do we get distracted from him? And sometimes we say, God, if only you would do this, things would be better. And God does them. And we get all excited for one day. And we forget. We forget that we're looking for this physical prize We're looking for this physical thing when God says, listen, I'm your prize. His eyes are like flames of fire. He burns for you. His passion is great for you. He's a lover of your soul. He sees right through you. There's a deep, deep desire and a passion that he has for you. There's a deep, deep desire and a passion that he has. He's just willing that you would spend some individual time with him and love him like you used to. He wants to spend time with you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus... Lord, I know we got distracted over the silly video, but I just pray right now, Lord, that you would show them how valuable they are. And to let them know, Lord, that you love them. To let them know that there is gold in them. That they are valuable. Are they willing to dig it out? Are they willing to give it to you? Are they willing to give up their heart? Are they willing to release the gold from their heart? Are they really, they're willing to give up their biggest prize for you? Abraham, are you willing to give up Isaac? Are you willing to give up Isaac? 
what an amazing thing. When Abraham walked up with his biggest prize, his biggest prize wasn't his finances. It wasn't all these things that he accumulated over the years. His biggest prize is when he was able to offer up his own son to God. His biggest prize. And God looked at his heart and says, listen, now that I see that you won't withhold anything, I will provide myself the sacrifice. I am the consuming fire and I will consume my son. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement was placed upon him. God had to, in order to get a relationship with us. And the altar call is very simple. This is what you're going to say. God, if there's gold in my heart, you can have it. If I have any value, it's yours. Lord, I am yours. You have redeemed me. You purchased me. Everything I have, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. And if that's you tonight, I want you to, with all eyes closed and heads bowed, just stand from your chair and say, you know what, God? Everything I have is yours. And Lord, forgive me for being distracted. Forgive me for not seeing what you see in me. Forgive me for looking at, Lord, the world and expecting answers from the world and, 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 and finances from the world or love from the world or, or just, just the world to appreciate me and, and just somebody just to come over alongside of me and just say, you know what, good job. Listen, excuse me, Lord, for, for messing up, but I only know that you can, that you love me and you find value in me. Jesus name Lord I'm willing to give up my heart Lord if you want the gold in my heart refine me allow this to happen so you can be glorified this light affliction that you're experiencing is working for a far more exceedingly weight of glory it's just a light affliction it may seem like the craziest biggest heaviest but it's only a light affliction compared to what you're you're going to give him back